0: Hi, this is Tutibolis from the Dungeon Place podcast, and uh, you're listening to the Massacast with uh, Unspeakable Axe. Reminder, this is a podcast for adults 18 or older, so if you're not 18 or older, go tell your mother she loves you.
1: Hey, and thanks for downloading another episode. Uh, Back after some reruns with new episodes. Uh, Thanks to everyone who's been so patient. Uh, actually, had a few people donate this past week. You know who you are. A couple of people donated $10. Uh, that's actually going to go a long way to uh, helping the show. This episode, Harper Elliott, who she herself, she's got a couple podcasts. Uh, it Girl Ragdoll is one of her podcasts, and The Bad Porn Club, which is a, a good one as well. Uh, you can find all her information on the website, com. So here it is: conversation with uh, Harper. She hails from the UK, uh, and we'll talk about the scene around London and so much more. Here's Harper Elliot. All right. So first off, um, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: You, you, you're one of the many people who heard the call, <laughs> and you, Jim, uh, and and you emailed me. You said, "Yeah, I'd love to be on the show." I did. I should also st- stress that this is my, my wake-up voice.
0: <laughs> oh, right. In,
1: in that I haven't actually talked to anyone yet today. Sad is still sleeping. We, we had a very, very late night last night for a, uh, a friend's birthday party. Right. It, it was Mistress Alex's birthday party, actually. Mm. Friend of the show. Actually, she's part of the show. It was her birthday party last night. We had such a good time. But I've been up for several hours. We've had, you know, I haven't actually talked to anyone yet. So this is my, I haven't talked to anyone yet voice. So by the end of the show, I'll be totally warmed up.
0: Okay, great. Well, uh, we can use so, the show to warm up your voice.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, but you, you, you said you listen. You said I'd love to be on the show. I said I'd like to have you on the show. And um, I, I've been doing. I've been doing this. I've been doing this thing here in New York because you run into so many foreigners here, and I like to play. You know, I like to. I like to play jokes on people i'd like to it's not being a dick but i like to be like a i like to play the part of the dumb american
0: okay right
1: so uh so like i'll listen to your voice for example i said oh what's it like in australia
0: (laughs) i'm sure it's a lot warmer than it is here
1: (laughs) right right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just the uncomfortableness and then and if they say like i'm not fr- i'm not from australia i'm <laughs> you know and i'm like no i i, I know an australian accent anywhere <laughs> you know but, that you sound exactly like mcpherson that's you're
0: australian <laughs> very nice i can see what you're doing there yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so but what but you're from the uk
0: i am i'm a londoner and, born and bred
1: and you're still in yep, london right
0: now. i am still in London. what is the
1: this, this is a, good. This is actually, we're going to have a news report here. This would be a combination because just two days ago, Scotland decided to stick, stick around.
0: They did, yeah.
1: Your scene sound very happy about that.
0: <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, personally, like, a lot of um, Brits are really happy about it. And then there are some very tactical Brits who are sort of being like, oh, we're really sorry for you guys who wanted to leave. You know, we would have understood. And I'm pretty much like a it's a democratic process so i'm glad the democratic process worked but since the it was like so close i hope some things change for scotland cuz clearly they want that
1: so I, okay i get it. So you're, you're like the you've got the you're this, this you get the perfect situation here you're just happy that the system worked <laughs> however you you wish it, you know you you wish it was probably more more clear that everyone wanted to stay in other words you, you wish that when the when the shit hit the fan that that's a Scottish term, by the way. <laughs> right. It's from it's from that's how they make hagg- haggis. They take shit, <laughs> they throw it at a fan, and then they have a pig stomach on the other end to catch it. Oh wow. So oh, so so they another that's my dumb American <laughs> right. bit there. Alright, so let's talk about you now. Okay. Uh being an Australian <laughs> the, No, so you you Harper Elliott, is that your real name? No,
0: it's not my real name.
1: Is it is it come from Your love of Stephen Elliott, (laughs) MasterCast uh, guest, (laughs) and...
0: I I wish I could (laughs) say it did, but no, it's totally a literary references. It's Harper Lee and T.S. Elliott, and I just pushed them together. Yeah, it was like two cool people, and their names kind of sound okay together. I'll go with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you uh, you actually have uh, your own podcast, yeah, I actually have two. That's, very, that's right. Two. Sorry, one one active, but in one sort of, you know, sort of on hiatus right, as you yeah. said, right? Um and you you, you seem mean, you're, you're if someone has ever listened to your podcast or read all of your activities, I I mean, I've I've only I mean, actually to be honest, I think I subscribed to your podcast ages ago, then something crashed on my phone and then I when I went to go to, read this, to resubscribe, for some reason I missed that. So I, I the past week or so, I've been playing catch up, listening to your podcast. Oh wow! Yeah. Yes, and that's why you—that's why you saw this huge spike from East Harlem <laughs> in your statistics. Oh yeah, of course. And you're like, because wow, East Harlem's really digging my show. <laughs>
0: I'm like I'm like uh, the worst person with stats and stuff. Like people ask me how many people read my site or how many people listen to my podcast. I'm like, oh, I really should. I really should go and look at that and find out. I have no so idea.
1: You could just do what I do and 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 do one of three things: tell the truth and like I don't know because I actually do not check. I don't check the stats very often. Right. I get a, a notification like once a month or something, and sometimes I completely forget to read it. So you could do that. You could just say I really don't check them that often. You could also lie and say. I'm the only one who downloads and listens to it. Unfortunately, you know, you could just lie. Um, it's just this personal diary. I don't actually, you know, send it out to the internet. And then the other thing you could do is say we are number three on iTunes,
0: right? You know, when people say that, I always believe them. Like I never go and check. Maybe once in my life I have checked when someone said that. So yeah,
1: who's going to go check and you're like, oh, I wonder if they're telling the truth that podcaster, right? And then you go, and then you you, you know, it could be two months ago and you check. Wow, well, they're only. 755 now maybe that was when they recorded it they were number two yeah
0: yeah we had a real drop after that episode it really pissed people off so that's why it's down low again
1: so do you consider yourself mostly a podcast person blogger a just a kinky son of a bitch what's your (laughs)
0: uh i i mean i think i mostly consider myself a writer but it's probably the thing i do least um Mm -hmm. but it's still the thing that i love and i am studying literature so i guess that's where my my writer, my writerliness is being channeled into reading and studying rather than actually writing. Um,
1: I know, I can tell you're a writer. You just said the word
0: writerliness. Yeah, I'm clearly a writer. Yeah. Um, but I think I probably spend more time podcasting at the moment. Um, yeah. So it depends. It depends. Like, I feel like a writer, but in terms of what I'm actually doing, I seem much more like a podcaster.
1: I mean, let's. I guess let's go back to the beginning of your sort of your personal genesis of being a kinky person or and someone who you know basically podcasts about sex right what uh is there a um is have you always been really curious about sex or is it something that you kind of like had an epiphany about what where, where does this start
0: i mean there's like it's probably about 15 different stories in there but in terms of me being kinky i mean i remember being really young and just being like well like there's sex and then obviously there's like interesting stuff and like kink is obviously the interesting stuff you know I didn't know what it was called or what it was or anything but it always just seemed like well that's what like proper adults do is is that that good stuff over there so I just always just like aimed myself at that although I mean the first few sexual partners I had were not kinky and I didn't push it because I was just like young and curious but um But for me personally, I was always just like, "Yo, I, I'm aiming towards that stuff over there that looks like more fun."
1: There is a sort of a danger aspect to it because I mean, because I, I find different people have different interests. You seemed like you have not only just the sexual interest in in stuff, but you also have sort of like an intellectual curiosity about it too.
0: Yeah, very much. I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot recently in terms of how my kink actually manifests when I look at like a list of the things that I'm interested in if I go okay I like uh, uh pinwheels and I like flogging and I like this and I kind of go yeah but not on its own none of that is if someone's like I, I can flog you I'll be like okay that's great but that's gonna be like therapy for me not like something sexual it only right. really becomes sexual if it's in uh like as part of a dynamic or or as part of a story, I'm not quite role playing, but I definitely need like backstory and to have a a dynamic with the person I'm playing with that is, uh, yeah, very intellectual and very um, connected. I think. So yeah.
1: So how old are you when you first kind of discovered that this there's this whole different area with with kink, I, as opposed to just sex, right? Right.
0: I, I have no idea. I feel like I've always known it was there. Well, goddammit,
1: didn't you do a research before this? No. <laughs> Man.
0: I have absolutely no idea. I was just like, well, I I think it literally comes from... Pro- I No, I, I have no idea where it comes from. Except the other day I was watching musicals and I was like, wow, the king and I has like whipping and polyamory in it. And then My Fair Lady is basically dominance and submission and sort of like listing all these things like okay maybe I just thought that's how human relationships were
1: I always find it I think it's really I know a lot of uh, women who are into kink and who if you know what I mean <laughs> no I know a lot of women who are into kink and they have a very at a young age you know, when they're just getting into, you know, getting into their sexuality, they're already aware of kink. So they're not just starting out like, I'm curious about hand jobs and, you know, but it's, it's, they're, they're like, uh, they're curious about everything. Like, so at the very beginning, they're already curious about stuff that's, that's really advanced. Right. Right. And they're curious, they're curious, not only on the intellectual level, but on, you know, the sexual level. And the problem with that is, is that the, their peers um, if they are on the hetero side or if they're most of their the people they're having sexual play with are, are guys, mm-hmm. their peers are quite the opposite. They're just like just want to get their nuts off. That's you know what I mean? Right. They do not there is no intellectual exploration in this. They're like you know, no. They'll put their, you know, they'll put their dick in a in a post hole digger if if, if it means I can't believe that just <laughs> post hole digger with the thing that came to my mind. But that's that, they do whatever, as long as it means they get them off. So that they're they're not interested in the exploration as much, right? Um, right. I could be totally wrong about this, but did you, I mean, is, it, is being in greater London, is that part of the benefit of being there? Or how did you go about finding your partners to explore? I,
0: so, I mean, when I was first, like, having sex, which I didn't lose my virginity until I was almost 19. And I was... Really, like, I I don't know what is wrong with my head and my heart are, like, in completely different places. I was madly in love with, like, these really, like, adorably geeky, nerdy guys who, like, just wanted to have sex and that was fine. Like, you know, that's that's all they wanted and they wanted, like, romantic love and everything. And and I was like, hey, I'm really in love with you and I love holding your hand, but this sex thing is, is just not working. And it actually... I actually found one guy who was younger than me and he, I thought he was such an asshole. I really just, he was so arrogant and he met me. and I don't know how he did this because he was like 17 and I was 19 and he was like, you're kinky. And I was like, no, I'm not. Just because I didn't want him to be right. So I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm not kinky, I'm fine. And he's like, no, you're really kinky and you're really submissive and I'm really dominant and I'm going to make you realise it. And it took us like six months for me to admit that, okay, yes, I am kinky, but only because I did not want to have to admit it to him. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then after that, I kind of realised that I was interested in much older guys. and And then... I can't, I I've met most of my partners online actually and most of my partners have not been in London they've been like uh in the midlands or on your side of the of the atlantic or right. in canada or um like so there was there was uh there's like a very sudden jump from my immediate circle of friends to that guy over there in vancouver
1: right so is it because you found someone uh, that you struck a chord with intellectually, or because they, were, they had a specific, they had a specific way about them, or the specific interest that you were interested in, or you just struck up a conversation that really sparked it's... it? Because I mean, London's not a small town, right. you know. I mean, it's not like it's. I guarantee you, there's someone who's in, you know, Clear Pond, Iowa, mm-hmm. and they are just they're like 15 hours away from the. The, anyone with a flogger, and they're listening to this, and they're so pissed off. I at know, me. I know. They're like, "I'm just looking for a guy with a, you know, some bondage tape, and you're over here, you know." I
0: know. I make things so complicated for myself. I am in London. Do you know how many kinky, amazing people I could meet, and yet somehow I'm like, you know, hi Canada, can I move there and meet kinky people? Just to show
1: you how incredibly kinky the country is. Um everyone in the government wears a wig. <laughs> Cross dresses, everyone.
0: Right.
1: Uh and they, they're like, okay, hey, this is how we do it. Yeah. Uh, um that's absolutely not true. No, by it's the way. not. But but I can
0: see There's what you're someone who's at listening.
1: <laughs> so if you if you, you you've got a crush on some guy in Vancouver, how does that how does that manifest itself? You, do you, are you just gonna be online, or you're like, I've got to save up for Vancouver money, or how does that work?
0: Um, well, uh, I've never, I've never made it like across an ocean to meet someone, but people who I've met who were in England, but like up north, and I know that. Okay, like so. British road trips are not the same as American road trips. If we've drive for like three hours, we're like, oh, my God, what a long drive. And I know that's no. not what it's like in America. But um, but also for someone who doesn't drive to get to like the Midlands is going to cost me quite a lot of money. So when I was young and kinky and trying to meet people or having met people up there, I would save money and go and see them. Um
1: I thought like your your train system was so efficient and inexpensive.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we're famous for.
1: It's not. It's you're saying it costs a lot. To oh my god! Jump on the Our train?
0: transport system is always really horrible and really expensive. You have to go to Europe, like continental Europe, to get the really good transport.
1: Ah yeah. shit!
0: I mean, if you can figure out London, London is great as long as it's before the tubes close. But actually, it's I, all pretty. It's, it's kind of annoying. Yeah, you have to have you've the gotta, You've got to come
1: to New York. You've got to come to New York. Last night we were like three thirty a.m. and the subways are still running. Oh, I
0: still so need to go to New York.
1: And I said, and I, you know what, I said to, I said to Sad this last night. I said, you know what, if we were in London right now, we'd be fucked. <laughs> right. Not, I mean, not just because we live in East Harlem and it's impossible to take a subway from London to East. Harlem, but you know, <laughs> just. But, you know, just the fact, the simple fact, because she's, I think, she and I daydream of moving to Europe. Right. right. Just, I think just universal health care, I think that's part of it right there. That's just...
0: Right. I think that just imagine, you know, we, as nations, we can trade off good and bad. Like, we probably equal <laughs> out in the end, generally. We'll.
1: We, I'm sure Scotland would be more than happy to become part of the United States. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure
0: that's what they're gonna, aiming we, for. We, we,
1: we'll, we'll give you Texas.
0: Oh God, no! Um, That's a terrible you, trade. We'll give you
1: Texas. You give us, you know, you give us Texas. We'll give you universal healthcare. So, you, and that way, Scotland will be fine with leaving because they'll be able to keep the oil. You'll be able to get your Texas's oil, and <laughs> you'll be off and running. So, how, so you just didn't go to the Midlands then, or how did you? I did.
0: Like I went to the Midlands. I didn't go to Canada, although I did. So I was in a relationship with this guy who was in Canada. And at that point I was really monogamous and we were, like, waiting until we could meet each other. And um, after about nine months, I was like, is this ever going to fucking happen? And he went, I I just, at this point, I can't see it happening. So I ended that Just because
1: of the expense?
0: Yeah, and also because I think he was just really busy and I think he was really nervous about, like... This is going to cost a lot of money. I'm going to have to make time for it. And what if it doesn't work out? And I think that that just was a little bit too much, especially after you've been waiting for nine months. Like that's a pretty high bar to clear. Um,
1: So most of your, I mean, your relationship was based on cyber sex. Yeah. Basically.
0: A lot of it, which in a lot of ways works well for me because my sexuality is so intellectual. I mean, I really missed having like physical you know, in real life sex, don't get me wrong, but a lot of what I wanted, I actually get, you know, through words and through, uh, you know, psychological play anyway. So, right. so, so it wh- kind of works for me. So what
1: happens then? Is it hard or is it difficult for to go from the cyber sex and then you meet someone and then there's been all this buildup in your mind about how things are in in the cyber sex world, right? Or whatever. Right. And then, and then it, it, it doesn't always translate to what things are like in person.
0: Yeah, that, that can be really problematic. I found that people who I talked to a lot before I met them, um, there was always some kind of connection, but quite often like the, the psychological and verbal part of the sex disappeared because suddenly we were in the same room. And I'm like, um, I still want that psychological verbal side because that's what gets me off. Like, that wasn't, for me, that's not, it wasn't like a, um, you know, a placeholder for the real deal. That's really part of it. So trying to communicate that to people when they're like, yeah, but you're here, I can touch you, can be quite difficult. But... Um, I don't, I think I'm I'm someone who just lays it out really clear right at the beginning. I you know after a couple of those experiences, I was like, okay, fuck this. I'm gonna put it out really clear. Like, I'm kinky. I like words. I like the connection. Um, I don't want someone who's silent in the bedroom, um, and that seems to curtail a lot of problems. You just I'm just really um, upfront about it. No, I yeah I meet a lot of people online. I think. At the moment, it's because I work and study so much that I don't have time to go out and meet people. If I'm going out, I'm going out to see people I already know who I haven't seen for like four weeks. Um, So most of the people that I meet, um, in terms of kink or relationships, I do meet online. And I mean, I've tried to meet people purposefully online, like using dating profiles. That never works out very well. Whereas... People I happen to talk to a lot on Twitter, suddenly it's like, oh hey, we could actually meet. That works why the, much why don't better. don't the dating?
1: So- I mean, I, I know why I think the dating sites probably don't work, but why do you, why is it for you the dating sites don't work?
0: I I think that I think there's just too much expectation. If you're on a dating site, then you're presenting a certain thing, and you're probably not presenting it the way that. Or, or people are not reading it the way that you want it to be read. It's, it's like, it's a very difficult like, way to get to know someone actually, because you are trying to present something that you think is yourself, but it might not necessarily be yourself. And that goes for me and the people that I've met. Um, and the other thing is, I think there's less, for me personally, there's less expectation. If you meet someone through a dating profile, there's less expectation that you're going to talk a lot before you meet. Um, and whereas people who I just know through social media, I'm already talking to them a lot. So I already have a feel for them. And then when I meet them, it's like, it's not a surprise. I've never shown up to a date with someone who I've been talking to on Twitter or something and been really surprised about who they were. I've always sort of gone, oh, okay, yeah, I can see how that worked. <laughs> it's like, yeah.
1: You got a hook for a hand. Now I see why it <laughs> took you for so long to type.
0: Right. Oh my God, that'd be so hot.
1: I know a lot of women who really get off on the hook for hand thing. It's part part of the the. It's mostly the pirate thing.
0: <laughs> I just I, I I just think that would be hot. That's like your body is actually built in a way that could just hurt someone accidentally. Like it's just <laughs> like wow, yeah, that it's clearly going to be kinky. There, I
1: don't, there's a lot of guys right now with you know prosthetics who are just so thrilled that you said that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they they need to to just make sure that their prosthetics are hooks and, st- and knives and stuff, and that then we'll get on fine.
1: Oh man, that's could you? Um, that's so t- incredibly difficult. <laughs> I don't think you could get that covered by insurance. My insurance plan does not cover knife hands.
0: <laughs> you just have to find Edward Scissorhands insurance guy. I'm sure he could sort. Yeah, sure. out. Yeah, sure.
1: There you go. Yeah, yeah, the Frankenstein of your people. There, whatever. <laughs> So you, you consider yourself polyamorous?
0: I do, yeah. Um, for like, oh god, like a year or so, yeah. But I've been some form of non-monogamous for about two and a half years.
1: So how did that how did that manifest itself? I mean, you you you, you mentioned earlier you were very monogamous uh, with these guys you were meeting in Toronto or whatever, and then <laughs> right. uh, and then. How did that work out? Is it because out of necessity sort of thing? You're just like, you know what, I've got this guy that I really am into, but he's in he's in Dallas. And <laughs> he's really also really busy trying to get the state to secede, so he doesn't have a lot of time. So you're like, <laughs> right. I've gotta find
0: Um Actually, I mean I had been really interested in non-monogamy from an outside perspective because I read a lot about it about it and I thought it was a really interesting idea and I think that it's anything that kind of makes people think more about relationships is a is a good thing in my books. Um but what actually happened was I was in this really awful relationship with someone who was incredibly controlling and I was already I was already quite a jealous person but he definitely used it to like control and manipulate me and by the end of that relationship um I was just like so paranoid and possessive that I realized that like my way of doing monogamy was just not healthy it was really really unhealthy and I needed to do something else um, and also to try and learn the difference between loving someone and like possessing someone. (laughs) Um, So I just went like completely opposite direction. Um, At first I was just sort of non-monogamous by default. You know, I was just, I was just dating people and none of them. And I, and I made it a sort of a conscious effort never to say like, we're monogamous now, by the way. Um, I was just like, okay, I'll just let this happen. And then I kind of accidentally fell into a relationship with a couple (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, I can't be monogamous now because there are two of them. And um, and also I couldn't, I didn't, I wasn't really um, like their primary at all because they were definitely each other's primaries.
1: Um, How do you accidentally? You... Well,
0: first,
1: <laughs> I want to step back for just a little bit. When you said the guy was really, really controlling, and I couldn't tell if you meant that was a good or bad thing.
0: Oh, that, was a, had, that was a really bad thing in his because case. Because you had was...
1: just finished talking about how getting accidentally hooked by a guy's hand
0: <laughs>
1: accidentally hurt by a guy's hand would be a hot thing. So I'm like, I don't know if that's... I, know, I can't tell I'm, what this means, controlling I'm is a bad a thing. Contra-
0: contradiction. <laughs> no, but, with him it was definitely a bad thing. He was, an, I, think, I think, a really psychologically disturbed abusive person who okay. probably should have got help but I, I just didn't want to have anything to do with him. But um, <laughs> But, and, and so
1: how did you get in an accidental relationship with a with a couple?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I have never asked them if it was if it was on purpose on their part, but from my part, um, actually he he's American and they were doing Thanksgiving, and I went to their house for Thanksgiving with all their other friends, and because I lived the furthest away, this is another this is another couple who, although they kind of live in London, they're right on the other side of London. Um, but because I'd come like quite a long way, I had to stay over. And then the next day we were like having breakfast and they're like, we're going to a kink party tonight. Do you want to come with us? And, um, and I'd never been to one before and I was really curious. So I just went, yeah, thinking, uh, I'll get to watch and maybe I'll get to talk to some interesting people. Um, but... He offered, like, would you like me to flog you? Would you like to play? So I said yes. And then they just kept inviting me in more and more. And then when we got home after that, they were like, well, you can come sleep in our bed. It's huge. And...
1: That sounds like such a... They're they're like, (laughs) you
0: know, it's really...
1: There's a a ton of room here. There's such a ton of room here. (laughs) Right. For nothing to happen. Oh, what?
0: Whoops yeah I, I was i was just trying to be good i was just trying not to make assumptions i was like yeah I, yeah okay fine now we'll get to chat
1: right and, and, and we'll be able to <laughs> chat in the bed
0: yeah that'll, that'll be fun
1: and are you still in a relationship with them or
0: no but they are my very very good friends actually um they are molly and michael who molly is my podcast co-host right so, so yeah
1: that sounds complicated. Though, how did you go from being like, "All right, we're now a some not really a triad thing, but we're something," and now we're not? How did how did that happen? It's just like, uh, I
0: <laughs> I just I kind of realized that I was um, in a place where my relationships were getting very complicated, and I needed to uh, just to do something to simplify. And I knew that with them, I hadn't I hadn't seen them in quite a long time, like just us Um, and I knew that with them that I would still get to keep all of the friendship all of the good stuff because basically our whole relationship was based on the fact that we are all really good friends and I was just I just looked at my life and went yeah something needs to to be a little bit more straightforward somehow waking up with people seemed like a way to make things more straightforward um and actually it did so I'm I'm quite happy about that i mean i yeah it's it kind of works out okay if if everyone's just reasonable, you just go, well
1: that's this the isn't problem for me right that's the the problem is is that you everyone has to be reasonable and you really don't know you <laughs> don't know how reasonable a person is until they're you know uh, presented with something that requires reason right
0: right that I mean that's true, yes, but Which having a, been friends with them for a long time, I knew that they were reasonable people, right. Yeah.
1: And so uh, have you always been both into women and men or has it been sort of varying?
0: Actually, I am not into women at all. Like Molly and I were very much um, both sexually involved with him and both playing sort of exhibitionist and voyeur roles to each Mm -hmm. other. But we were not involved with each other.
1: So you had a relationship with a couple, but really... Okay, I, I get it now. That's really yeah. interesting.
0: But it was like, I, you know, I never was with him without her. Right. It, we, it was always all three of us. It's just in terms of actual physical touch. It was me and him and her and him. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So my, my life has sort of thrown me into these interesting situations that are hard to explain.
1: <laughs> are you out to your family?
0: um he kind of i i still share a house with my mom actually which i'm trying to change um and she is very much sort of just knows what i'm like but doesn't need to know anything else it's kind of like yeah all right that's what that you know you can i understand if you go away for a weekend i'm not going to ask you too much about what you did right um and i have a I have a brother who's a couple, uh, like three, four years younger than me. And he is sort of in the same boat as my mom. You know, kind of knows. Um, they both know that I'm poly. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad does not really know much. But that's more to do with uh, he and I just not having that close relationship. It just it wouldn't really come up. Right. I think he knows that I'm poly, but only because... Uh, I was having breakfast with him and his sister, and his sister asked me about my relationships, and he just sort of overheard, right. but he would never ask. No,
1: it's it's really it's really fascinating just how how being you, you know a lot of people in your situation, at least that I know, um, they would go so far to completely hide it and, and just go out of their way to hide it. But it sounds like the relationship with your family is such that you. I mean even though you're not broadcasting it um it sounds like there's not a lot of shame
0: no, involved in My I mean my parents have always been really into um my brother and I and just being really individual and having as much freedom as as they could give us because and just making sure that we were responsible people and right. I think that they basically were prepared for the backlash of that being like yeah they're gonna turn into interesting people because we've given them this freedom <laughs> um it's just like but also I mean I think a lot of the stuff yeah the, a lot of the decisions I've made are not then there weren't really decisions that I made um they were just kind of like well that's that's the way it is so you know if my mom asked me where I've been all weekend I'll be like mom you don't want to know And she'd be like, oh, okay, well, I hope you had fun. I just, uh, yeah.
1: So, but I'm curious about about the local scene there. You've said you've gone to, you know, it sounds like you've gone to quite a few parties and events.
0: Yeah, I mean, mostly I've been to stuff uh, on Molly and Michael's side of London, actually. So I've been to a few things um, where they are, and I... In London, um, mostly I go to events that are more geared towards writing and uh, like erotic creatives than they are geared towards play parties and stuff. So I'm sort of more involved in the creative um, communities than I am in the kink communities.
1: Erotic creative.
0: Erotic creative com. communities.
1: Someone's got to buy that. <laughs> um i'm sure it's already purchased i hope so i can almost guarantee if it's not quickly check we'll quickly check here Here (laughs) yes erotic creative design group look at that wow nice it's a a very simple website and it's like half naked people and people and a woman wearing a a mask that's all it is so
0: Oh, no, I want
1: to check, but I'll do it afterwards. <laughs> there you go. So, the um, I just gave him free advertising. You're welcome, <laughs> erotic creative. So, um, I find because I know some people who are really into the creative writing, uh, erotic mm-hmm. writing, you know, areas, and um, these people are very. I mean, they get they get their. I don't want to say, stock. They're fans, right? They get their fans because right. what they write, and they're like. They had the groupies, I guess you could say. And um, it's really, it's a really fascinating univer I never learned to read, so I don't really go into that
0: <laughs> right. myself. You get someone to read them to you, though, sometimes.
1: Yes, every now and again. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I find that really, really fascinating because it seems like, especially, well, you know, I'm trying to think of, of uh, some examples you might know. Um, but but they have their own groupies, right? It seems that way, right? And, and uh, are you, at least that's the way it is here. And I'm really just kind of fascinated by that because it seems like there are people who are interested in exploring um, certain aspects that they'll write about. And I don't know if they're writing about it because they want it. They want to advertise to the world. Hey, I'm really into this shit, and. This is my way of broadcasting that I'm into it. And so come fuck me using these things that I've written about. <laughs> and it seems to work out for them because they, I, the people I know who do this have, usually have quite a few partners, you know, right. um, based on their writing almost. So it's almost like the writing is better than a... And I'm not saying that's why they do it. I'm saying that's a, a side effect of it or something. Right. Um. Do I Do you find... It seems to be true that you you either, either on both ends, either because you, you've written someone something, someone has said, "Hey, I noticed you wrote about people wearing rhinoceros horns. I'm really into." <laughs> oh my a god! Story
0: horn. idea. No oh, wait, oh, let me
1: write that down. <laughs> right, or or on the flip side, have you read something that someone has written it and you're like, "I totally have to meet and fuck this person."
0: Um, I think um, I when I first started writing, I I was definitely. There was definitely an aspect of it. Because I, I started writing right before I lost my virginity. So they really are some they were two things that my sexuality and my writing definitely developed together. Um and when I first started writing, there was definitely something sort of aspirational and wish fulfillment ish about it. Like, you know, I wrote about the person I was with and like things that I wish we would do and um and I think at the beginning there was definitely an aspect of it as a writer being like, I, I'm going to write this thing so that someone might see that I want to do this thing and then I can talk to them. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't very well read back then. So I don't know how much interest I got except from people who I already knew and who were like, Oh, okay. You want to do that thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> since, I mean, my writing has gone a really long way. Now, if anyone wrote to me and said, I want to do something from, I can't remember the last story I wrote. That's really bad. But like the last thing you wrote, um, uh, I would probably be scared because my erotica tends to be really dark. Like I don't write, I write a lot of um, non-consent. I write a lot of like really gritty, really dark. Um, I would, I, I think my, my erotica probably um, sometimes goes into the genre of like horror or so if people actually wanted to do the things that I wrote about, I'd be concerned.
1: So you have, like, it's erotic
0: Yeah, it's not intentionally, though. I think because when I write erotica, and I think this is true of my sexuality as well, what I'm really interested in, more than I'm interested in the, the like, mechanics of what's actually happening sexually, I'm interested in the atmosphere. Um, so, and I think... So if you, so if I write something that feels really dark and dangerous, that's kind of like the psychological space that I want to be in, but that doesn't mean that the things that are actually happening are the things that I want to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 You have to write something quite grim in order to conjure a dark atmosphere, but I don't necessarily want the grim thing. I just want the dark atmosphere. (laughs) So
1: that's, do you, uh, do you find like the people you're in relationships with and they read some of your stuff? Are they? Do they get? Do they get worried? Like, oh God! You know what? I don't know <laughs> if I could do this. Or, or do you think that scares people off?
0: Um, I, I think. I, not the people that I'm in relationships with. The people I'm in relationships with, if I want something or I'm interested in something, I will usually tell them first or I'll tell them like, I had this really fucked up dream, but it made me kind of wet, but I would never want to do that. Um, so they kind of already know that I have this very uh, like dark, overactive imagination, but that really what I'm wanting is this like one little essence of it. Yeah. Um, but people who read my writing and I don't know about it are really timid talking to me. They're like, um, by the way, I've, I've been reading your writing for like two years. And, um, I just want to say, I really like it. Um, bye. <laughs> I'm like, get that. Bye. I you creepy,
1: creepy, weird person. <laughs> right. who writes About this weird <laughs> stuff. You creep.
0: Uh, exactly. Just on FYI, I've
1: called the feds on you and they're, <laughs> um, uh,
0: from the other side, um, reading people's writing and then like wanting to fuck them. I think I've probably read people's writing and more than wanting to fuck them be like, I need to be this person's best friend now. Like I really <laughs> want to like sit with this person and talk for a really long time. Um does yeah. that
1: happen? Do you do you ever meet someone that you've been reading and then you you tell them, look, we are best friends now. I don't know if you're aware of this. Right. When, when you uh meet someone for the first time that you've been reading, um uh, and it's clear that they, you know, they've been writing something. They've been writing some erotic fiction or something. And it's clear that you are really into what they are writing. how How do you have you ever, be, you know, end up be, hooking up with someone that you've read their stuff first, and then?
0: Uh, yes, although that was almost like the other way around, where I, um, a writer found me on OK Cupid. And asked me out on a date. And they didn't know who I was, but I knew who they were. And I was like, by the way, you know, I read your stuff and I'm this person. And and he was like, oh, okay, that's, that's fine. I don't care. Um, and uh, and I think I hadn't really read any of his writing at that point. But I then went and read a lot of his writing. and was like, okay, this is definitely someone I'm glad that I'm going to meet in a minute. Like, that was a good thing.
1: And were they an erotic writer as well? Yeah. And so how did that so how did that paint because again we're talking about it's almost like they're having cyber sex with you in a way right except instead of (laughs) of writing it real time they were right they (laughs) wrote it months before and it was not you, right Um, and so when you when you went on your date where you're like oh yeah i know exactly what's in you know
0: um yes a little bit but actually um we we just we clicked quite well intellectually and ended up laughing for hours it took us ages to have sex because we couldn't stop laughing and we were having such a good conversation and I find that that's really true with the people that I connect with I could talk to for like days before I even remember that oh yeah we we're gonna have sex right I remember now
1: so you said um, it took you ages to have sex with him
0: Right, I mean, I mean, like you know, we met in we we had sex like the day that we met, but
1: <laughs> but in that day,
0: it took us like like ten yeah. hours.
1: Some people have completely different concepts of time. <laughs> That's, uh,
0: yeah, he was not in town for very long, so I knew we had like a limited amount of time.
1: Uh, as a guy who uh, you know used to be single, I think you may want to reframe your idea of what ages of time from meeting someone to having sex is
0: oh my god i'm yeah no i'm if i mean if that's if that's how we're measuring like sluttiness i'm i'm such a slut like once i've decided on someone it's not i'm I'm just saying i'm just
1: saying because as a guy thinking oh it took them ages it was like months and months and months until they had sex and you're saying oh no it was man it was was at least a
0: couple hours (laughs) what uh, I know, I know. No, I mean, yeah, no, that's just true. That's true. I, I, I have no interest in in waiting months to sleep with someone who, who I want to sleep with. It's just that just seems like a waste of time for me. And um, how do
1: you broach that subject with someone? Like, like you just met someone. Uh, you just met this guy, this writer. You guys are having a great time. You're really laughing. Uh, it, how do you? How do you indicate to him, hey? So, all right, the fucking starts now. Or, you know, how does that, <laughs> how does um, that work?
0: It was, it was really, like, typical date kind of thing where he went, do you want to come back to where I'm staying? And I went, hmm, where is it? And pretended to check my phone to see what time it was and whether I could get home. And, and then went, yeah, okay. And uh, even once we got back there, actually, we just sat and talked for such a long time. I like, literally just... Probably the like the laughter to sex ratio is probably like ten to one. Right. So um so that's kind of what more what I meant by it took us ages. It's like even when we decided to, we were still like busy talking.
1: When you're with someone and uh you're writing, I I imagine it would be very difficult for the per for let's say someone when someone you're a partner with to not judge and worry that, that who that you are writing about them. <laughs> right. Does that that makes sense? Like how do you how do you make it clear that this is not, you know, unless you are sometimes writing, I'm sure that sometimes you are writing about them. Um, you know, you're dating John Doe and the name of your character is Jon Snow, you know, right. or, or whatever. I'd be you... like,
0: no, it's totally that character from Game of Thrones.
1: Right, right, obviously. right. <laughs> but how do you, how, I mean, is that, is that a problem or is it pretty, Is it has it never come up?
0: It's never a problem that I've faced. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's never come up. I think... I mean, I really am a very upfront person. If I'm writing something and it's clearly about someone, I'll be like, by the way, I'm writing something about you. And if it's not, I I've never have anyone worry about it. Or at least I never had anyone tell me they were worried about it. Maybe they're all like incredibly concerned and just not talking to me. Who knows? (laughs) I I have no
1: idea. (laughs) They're they're taking a pic. You probably sent the article to the police, you know, just... (laughs) I'm worried for my safety. <laughs> right. So how did the podcast come to be?
0: Um I I mean I've had like I've had podcasts before um but they were just me and that got really boring so I always stopped doing them but I really love I love talking um and I love talking about sex and about erotica and um and so At the beginning of last year, I decided, okay, I I want to do this properly, but I need to have someone else to do it with um, so that I always have someone to talk to and I don't just end up filling hours of my voice, which I could easily do. The other thing is I'm one of those really rare cases of um, people who genuinely love the sound of their own voice. Like, I really like listening to my own podcasts. I'm jealous. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what, I, you know what actually I do know why because my dad is a sound engineer and when I was little he used to record me all the time so I've always been used to hearing my voice um and so yeah so then I you know I was kind of I was kind of involved with Molly and Michael and we we're really really good friends and I just said I want to do a podcast again uh, would you be up for co-hosting it with me and she thought about it for a while and I said, no, you don't have to do any editing or anything. I'll do all the work. Just be there and talk to me. And she said, yes. And I think that having someone else to do, to record with is really what has kept it going this time. Um, yeah, it just helps me maintain my momentum.
1: And have you found that the there's a different universe for people who listen to podcasts as opposed to consume erotic writing or are you finding that there's a big overlap for you
0: um i find in terms of people who talk to us i mean even when i was right when i write erotic fiction um so I, i've had various blogs and most of them have been a mix of fiction and non-fiction and the non-fiction always gets more comments it's really hard to get feedback on fiction um, and i think that because the podcast is more like is is you know it's not fiction people are more vocal about it um so it's hard it's hard to gauge but the people who listen to the podcast and like talk to us about it are a lot most lots of them are bloggers um or just kinky people right yeah
1: also because of the the way podcasting works podcasting is Very easily searchable and widely available, right?
0: Right. And you can listen to it while you're doing something else. Yeah. Like I, you know, I listen to podcasts while I clean the house. That's (laughs) the main thing. Or when I'm on the bus. So
1: what is the, uh, you you have two, one's on hiatus. Mm -hmm. One is revolving around porn. You want to describe that one for the people who.
0: Okay. So, yeah. So the one that's on hiatus, which I hope will be back by the time this goes out, um, I did just get, like, some, some porn in my inbox that I have to watch. So hopefully that's a good sign that we're coming back. Um, so that one is called Bad Porn Club. And basically it is uh, my friend Griff and I, we watch really corny, brilliantly bad, um, a lot of 70s porn. Um, <laughs> and we talk about it. We, like, critique. We, don't, we Actually, we don't critique it. We... Laugh a lot and then point out the brilliant things and it's really it's really hard to do a podcast where you're kind of making fun of porn, but at the same time going, by the way, we really like porn, but there is the undeniable fact that um Alice in Wonderland an x rated musical parody, is fucking hilarious it's really funny,, right. um, and we decided that we could talk about this, and also we tend to choose. Um, porn that has like a theme around it so we've done like star trek porn we've done like halloween porn pirate porn um and that means that we have a theme for the rest of the show where we can um do like we can do a short erotica readings of like badly written porn or we can have like bad porn questions about um and just have like a whole discussion around the topic, um, I really love, love doing that show. It is, It, it's, it really makes us laugh while we're doing it. So Do
1: you, really Have you ever had back. someone write in, taking great umbrage to, you know, like, I totally disagree with you. I think this is one of the finest porn films of all time. <laughs> you should have, you know, or I'm the director of <laughs> Teen Hot Snake Club 5. What's that? I'm sorry.
0: No, what what we mostly get is people listening to the show going, you're so right. By the way, we've got this, I've, I found this other terrible porn film for you to watch. Like all <laughs> of the feedback we get is, you guys should watch this film. You guys should watch this film. Um, and I mean, like, for example, it, I mean, taking the example of, of Alice in Wonderland, which I think was the first film we watched. I mean, it's like everything about it is wrong but that is also what makes it brilliant and we kind of try to um to recognize that that kind of thing where there's a difference between porn that is just boring to watch and we have watched some of that and we are very honest about it and porn that is just hilarious and just so so much fun to watch Um, and a lot of it is that you know we are very gleefully being like this is ridiculous we love it so it's not, we try not to be hugely negative unless something is just really dull. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and also it sounds like you're actually making, you're almost making better porn by doing it, right? Because if anyone listens or is uh, any, who's a consumer of porn even, I was going to, I was, originally I was thinking some director or something like that. But even right. consumers of porn, it helps them identify what's good and bad porn, right? And also right. what's like, yeah. You know,
0: yeah. I mean yeah that's the hope. I mean I would also like to add um I want to in as part of bad, bad porn club I'd like to have like a good porn corner where we can promote really well made um ethical you know really interesting indie porn as well. Um so hopefully we can do that as well but mostly it's just it's just it's just a lot of fun. Yeah if if, if listeners get half as much fun listening to it as we do recording it then we're doing something right right yeah
1: and how did you the other uh the other podcast is called it girl ragdoll yeah what's the genesis of the name
0: um it's (laughs) uh it's a radiohead song on on radiohead's album hail to the thief they had um like every song had a title and then it had another title in um brackets um and it girl ragdoll is is the brackets of one of those songs oh, how and when I, I that one. yeah, when I started writing Erotica, I was actually writing under the name, uh, Lady Grinning Soul, which is a David Bowie song. Um, so I've always had this kind of, uh, musical influence in terms of my, uh, titles, although that's kind of stopped now a bit. Like now I'm just Harper Elliot, and my website is just Harper Elliot. but, um, but so I think i was just trying to hold on to that being, and also I like it, girl ragdoll, because um, the ragdoll bit sounds kind of kinky.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So it kind of works.
1: Oh, I, uh, I'm, I'm happy to say I'm resubscribed to your podcast <laughs> because I, I don't know how I lost it. This is one of those stupid things, right?
0: I know. I do it it's all also, the time.
1: The other problem is that it's really hard to find um, good sex podcasts because if you if you do a Google search or not Google search, but if you search like iTunes or any directory for sex podcasts, it's not always going to be. I mean, you're going to see you know, obviously you'll see Dan Savage, et cetera, But right, there's a lot of stuff that'll pop up. That's just really, really bad. You know, it's like some. I mean, I don't know. You'll just hear some, like a really, really bad, you know, <laughs> conversation about sex that is you know clearly a you know it's just some asshole. talking to some porn star which is not always a bad thing keep in mind i've heard some interviews with porn stars that are awesome but i'm saying is that sometimes they're just some asshole guy who i don't know you know he's just he's a bro you know what I yeah you have a bro talking about he's a jabroni
0: and he's he's talking
1: about this and you're like what the fuck why am i listening to this and then but again that's what comes up because there's not a really good unique you know sex podcast filter i guess you could say or whatever right
0: I mean, like all of the best stuff that I listen to is stuff that I've just I like. I just I type into Twitter and be like, "Does anyone have anything to recommend to me?" And I just I have to get personal recommendations because otherwise i will never find stuff. That's definitely how I found Massacast.
1: Oh well, there it's you go. Like, so...
0: Actually, I think Griff recommended it to me. so Oh yeah.
1: well, there you go. Then the checks in the mail, Griff. <laughs> the
0: yeah.
1: I'll send you five hundred American dollars, which is about. Five pence. I believe, <laughs> is what it is right that? Uh, this was a lot of fun. I hope you're willing to come back and, and talk again. Now that now that we've done the full introduction of Harper Elliott, You right. know, uh, is there anything that we didn't that you, you wanted to talk about that we didn't cover? I'm sure there's a, a ton of stuff we could talk about, but is there anything glaring that man, this guy's an idiot. He didn't <laughs> talk about X or whatever.
0: Um, no, not okay. really. I mean, I do I do so much stuff. I really need to learn to like say no to stuff sometimes. Well, um, but I'm, listen. I'm very up for, like, I always get involved in projects, and I'm always starting my own, so there's always loads of stuff to talk about.
1: We should definitely shoot the shit again in the future. Yeah,
0: any time. It was really nice to be on the other side. Like, I don't think I've ever been interviewed before. I'm always the interviewer.
1: Well, so, you're welcome. Thank you. There you go. Enjoy. I'm glad. It, well, But also, you're welcome, and I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> you know. No, it was great. Thank Could you. Could have been a much better
1: yeah, we had a sex podcast. We talked about Scotland politics for like the first hour.
0: <laughs> I know. Demorable. I just did like a podcast with Molly where we talked about the weather for like thirty
1: minutes. Yeah, sure. There like,
0: you go. Yeah, okay. Interesting.
1: Well, uh, for those people who are listening and maybe they're going to be visiting London uh, and they want to stalk you, uh, <laughs> do you do you do any erotic readings or anything like that? That you?
0: Um, I used to like the the, the erotic creative scene that i was involved with has kind of disappeared a bit so i'm having to find i have to find a, a new avenue but uh maybe when i have finished my degree because i just i don't have time for anything right now
1: there you go, there yeah. You go. yeah well but, and, you know
0: they can stalk me if they want
1: like, perfect and you're, you're, you're you will have your twitter info and all the links to your podcast and your second podcast will hopefully be coming back uh, strong again here soon by the time this is live yes and, very soon Uh, Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to shoot the breeze with me.
0: (laughs) Thank you. It was great.
1: Thank you to Harper. And uh, if you'd like to be like Harper, you can volunteer to be on the show. Just go to Massacast.com and shoot me an email. You can also find me on FetLife under the username Massacast there as well. Just shoot me a message. Add me as a friend. Again, if you want to find all, all the info about Harper and her podcasts, Uh, You can go to mastercast.com. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.